All right. Uh, I'll have more on this at another time, but I wanted to quickly... I've been away from any kind of internet and stuff. We were having, we had our flu shots earlier this evening. Uh, the oldest was supposed to get their first COVID shot, but they're only 12. And the, uh, they said that the highly recommended to just choose one. So we went with the flu shot. So everybody got a flu shot tonight. And then the kids are both going to get their first, uh, their first dose next week. Uh, Imbeciles everywhere will think that it's uh, it's child abuse or something. Anyway, <laughs> oh my god, uh, that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about uh, WWE and Vince McMahon. It's it's really you know there's a couple people out there who really seem to be. Uh, it seems like they actively want people to think that they're just pieces of shit. Alec Baldwin is one. Uh, no matter even even the handful of people that might I wouldn't say come to his defense, but at least you know have some have some empathy, like I tried to do. And then he came out in Vermont the other day and had that ridiculous. Uh, I mean, like that dude's a scumbag, but not about Alec Baldwin. Who cares? I'm tired of him. Vince McMahon is the other one who just seems to. I've told you, Vince McMahon hates wrestling fans. Vince McMahon hates pro wrestling. Vince McMahon, I don't know. Fuck him. Uh, there was a, you know, WWE has not been great. The last 20 years of WWE have not been great. Uh, 2001, to me, was the last really great year of WWE. It really was. I, I'm, I'm thinking of all the years since then. Yeah, there's. it doesn't mean that every year for the last 20 years has just been sucky. It just means the last really great year was 2001. And I say that, I, it's almost crazy for me to say that because my favorite wrestler of all time, Shawn Michaels, came back in 2002. And when I think about those years from 2002 to 2010, I'm not, I, I wonder what I would have been watching on WWE if it weren't for the fact that Shawn Michaels was there. Shawn Michaels was really the sole purpose. He's the reason that I was watching WWE. I mean, he's my favorite of all time. He's the greatest of all time. And Bret Hart. And Shawn Michaels coming back to wrestling in 2002. But a couple of one-off matches. It wasn't anything, you know, it was it was exciting. Like, holy shit, Shawn Michaels is back. Uh, but he came back pretty much full time in 2003. He wrestled three or four matches in 2002. He wrestled, uh, but you know, he started wrestling a bunch of matches in 2003, and then he was just back. He was just back all the time. And so all these like, I mean, WrestleMania 19 would have been a, a really great pay per view, but he had the match of the night with Chris Jericho. WrestleMania 20 stole the show with Triple H and Benoit. WrestleMania 21 stole the show with Kurt Angle. Best. I'd say best match of the night. There were some, and there were some good ones. 2006 wrestled Vince McMahon, basically Shawn Michaels versus a garbage can, and not the best match of the night. That was Edge and Mick Foley, but still just a fun match, and it led to the return of a very PG crappy version of DX. But there was still some; they still did some fun stuff in 2006. Amazing matches with John Cena at WrestleMania, the retirement match with Ric Flair, and then two of the best matches of all time at WrestleMania 25 and 26 against The Undertaker. And I think about all the other stuff that happened, and I don't really – everything good that happened – there was some good stuff happening. CM Punk, there was some good stuff with him. There was some good stuff with Batista. There was some good – you know, there were, th- there were definitely things happening. It wasn't just Shawn Michaels. 
But when I think about the rest of what was happening in WWE, it's like I only think of Shawn Michaels during those years. Like he single-handedly to me, and, you know, and John Cena was the guy carrying the company, but Shawn Michaels was the reason I was watching. And really, in the last 20 years, basically there's, yeah, there's a handful of things that I think of that were highlights in WWE. CM Punk, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is number one to me. CM Punk, uh, some of the stuff that he did. Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson with the Yes movement. That was huge. Uh, But other than Shawn Michaels, I mean, CM Punk got, you know, he didn't get the big WrestleMania main event that he absolutely should have had. Daniel Bryan did, but it was against it was the fans really being vocal about that and Vince being up against the wall. So that was the one time that Vince really did listen to the fans. Uh and it, really Shawn Michaels, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, those were the huge highlights of the last 20 years in WWE. The other big one was NXT. NXT came along in 2010. It was more like a weird kind of quasi tough enough competition weird kind of what but it wasn't really a reality show like tough enough it was it took place every week in an arena in a ring and they would have games and contests and it really just just didn't make any sense and they put they put brian danielson with the miz as his mentor which was like this has to be a joke, right? No, it was just that's what they were doing because Vince hates wrestling fans and he hates pro wrestling. And Daniel Daniel Bryan at the time was like, what, 10 years into the business? He had more experience than The Miz. He was a better wrestler than The Miz. And The Miz is his mentor, his sports entertainment mentor. Uh, but okay, whatever. Uh, oh, and The New Day. The New Day has been a, a huge highlight of, of recent years in WWE and Roman Reigns right now is, is very cool. Um, very entertaining to watch. And I'm, if I sat here all night, I'd think of other things. Yes. But those are the big ones. Those are the really big ones. And, and NXT, uh, started in 2010. It was a weird sort of just, they had different seasons with different competitors. And then in 2012, maybe it became its own separate brand. It was a develop. They used to have developmental territories where the young up and comers, the indie guys, people we didn't really know about, would, uh, you know, the, that's that's where they would get their training and get their reps and get their exposure to a small audience. And then when they were ready to be called up to the show, then they would leave the the, the farm leagues and uh, and go up to the to the main roster. NXT was similar to that. But it didn't really. It, yes, it was a feeder system for the main roster. But it also became its own, it became a major brand on its own. And that was under under the <laughs> under the leadership of, of Triple H. Paul Levesque, who was put in charge of NXT at some point in, I don't know, in 2013, 14? I, I don't really know. And then all of a sudden, NXT became the hottest thing that WWE had going. That was the thing. That was bigger than anything else that was going on. Dusty Rhodes was instrumental in that when he was still alive. William Regal. They had just pro wrestlers teaching other pro wrestlers how to be better pro wrestlers. And they had from, I mean, the women from Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, Paige, Bailey, 
Ember Moon. I mean, the list just goes on and on of the of the female talent that they had. The male talent, my God, it's where Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns and and Moxley uh, made their WWE debuts. Uh, Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family back in, I mean, 2012, early the early early days. And then it was like every huge indie star for the independent scene from Ring of Honor long before there was AEW. And Ring of Honor was the place to – those were the pay-per-views that I was ordering because I wanted to just see great wrestling. When Ring of Honor had Adam Cole, baby, and, uh, and all these guys. And then all of a sudden, all these huge names from the independents and from Japan and from ROH are showing up. Uh, and and NXT now has like, oh my gosh, they have Adam Cole, they have you know, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and then Finn Balor and Samoa Joe and Bobby Roode and Adam Cole, and and the women that I mentioned, and then the team that's now known as FTR, which was known as uh, the Revolution, the, yeah, the Revolution, was that their name? Oh, the Revival, the Revival, she's. Uh, Chad Gable and Jason Jordan, uh, 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 Champa and Gargano as a tag team, and then and then having their feud, and NXT just all these guys who were who were in Impact Wrestling, who were in Ring of Honor, New Japan, Independence, all these things, they're all showing up at NXT, and they're they're getting to develop a character, they're getting to just be an extension of their of the character that we kind of maybe knew and loved in the, in the other leagues that they were in the other promotions that they were in. And so in like 2013, 2014, 15, 2016, 2017, 2018, probably 2019. Um, it was really what, what a time to be a fan of NXT. I mean, Drew McIntyre came back and started out at NXT uh, all these names, all these names, and it was it was like wow, this is this is just as good. This is what it's like to watch Ring of Honor, but with the, with the powerhouse machine of the WWE behind it. So you get the production value, you get you know access to you know that there's le- people like Shawn Michaels and Triple H and William Regal and all these all these people are backstage coaching these guys and and girls. And it's just like, oh, and they had Mauro Ronaldo was the, at the time, to me, was the best announcer in WWE. He's not there anymore. He left last summer, I guess. It was like, yeah, there's an announcer who's good, who doesn't sound like Michael fucking Cole, who doesn't sound like all these generic uh, jackasses who you can't tell one from the other. He has his unique sound and his unique style, and it wasn't for everybody, but I really liked it. And, and then, and then all of a sudden, uh, people, you know, and then and then they would call up wrestlers would come from from NXT and get called up in the main roster, and it would be very exciting. Shinsuke Nakamura had a huge NXT debut. He was there for a year in NXT. Had an awesome match with Sami Zayn. He was the champ. Then he came to WWE, and he was never world champion. He never really did anything, and he's still great because he's Shinsuke Nakamura. He can kind of just do anything, no matter what they give him. Uh, but with the exception of like Kevin Owens. Brian Danielson, Bray Wyatt, <laughs> uh, Finn Balor. I mean, there's you know a few others. These guys come to the main roster, and most of them just fizzle out. 
they get given a you know they get crappier music they get some new dopey costume like a gladiator or some crap or they come and they they're very successful like a bray wyatt and then they get released and all these huge names who were huge on nxt whether they came to the main roster or not whether they made it big on the main roster or not there there's so many i mean cm punk and daniel bryan brian danielson are in aew now cm punk was never in nxt but Adam Cole was a huge NXT guy. And you're just wondering, when the hell is this guy going to be on the main roster? He's like the next Shawn Michaels. He could be huge. Oh, it's never going to happen. He had what? I think he had a match at Survivor Series, and he was in one of the Royal Rumbles. And that was about it. Anytime, and, and here's what happened. This is Vince McMahon. To my interpretation, and I'm not the only one who thinks this, Vince McMahon is such an egomaniacal piece of shit. Such an insecure little man baby. He saw something that was under his umbrella. That was within his company. And his empire. Something that he, yeah, he created it. In the sense that he gave it the name and the branding and all that stuff. But really, Triple H was the guy who took it and ran with it. And, you know, sign the talent that people really wanted to see, let them go and flourish, let them have long matches, long feuds. NXT was the only thing that I would, yeah, I, you know, Raw, I'm fast-forwarding every week. NXT, I'm watching, back when it was an hour, I'm watching every episode every week, start to finish. I knew all the feuds. I waited for these NXT TakeOver pay-per-views. They were bigger than, they were bigger than WrestleMania in a lot of ways. They would have NXT... The night before WrestleMania, the night before Royal Rumble, and the crowd would be just rabid, just an insane crowd going crazy for all these wrestlers. And then these NXT guys would make their debut on the main roster, and you'd hear that music for the first time, and the place would come unglued. And Vince saw that and said, I didn't do that. Triple H did that. He's the one running NXT. And these guys are huge names, and the fans love them. And it's hugely successful, and it's got such a, a, a cult, a rabid cult-like following, like the old ECW, or like what AEW has now. And Vince saw that and said, no, <laughs> not going to do that. Uh, I know a lot of these guys and girls were very popular in NXT. We're going to take them up under the main roster. A couple of them are going to have major success. A lot of the a lot of the females like Charlotte and Becky and Bailey, and Sasha Banks and and some of those, uh, and a few others, Seth Rollins. But he was, I think, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns are more like the pre Triple H NXT. Bray Wyatt, those guys are kind of pre Triple H. That's more like the Dusty Rhodes NXT, I think. So they might not count as much. Um, you know, and Finn Balor's been reasonably successful. Nakamura, reasonably successful. Never really much in the in the main event, the world title scene and that kind of thing. But uh, anyways, uh, my takeaway is that Vince hated the NXT that Triple H created. Uh, hated it because it was so successful. Hated it because it gave people pro wrestling. Not sports entertainment, pro wrestling wrestlers coming out and having four five-star matches on every single pay-per-view 
the pay-per-views that they are putting out are better than the pay-per-views that WWE is putting out. It's better than SummerSlam. It's better than WrestleMania. It's the pay-per-view to watch. When WWE was supposed to come last summer to Boston, SummerSlam, August of 2020, it was going to be NXT TakeOver on Saturday night, SummerSlam on Sunday, and Monday Night Raw on Monday. And I think SmackDown maybe on Friday too. And I said, if we can only get tickets to one of those things, I'm going to get NXT tickets. Because at the t- in early 2020, NXT was still, was still the NXT of old. They had, they had five or six great years. And, uh, and of course, the pandemic happened, so that didn't happen. But I, was, I said, I've never been to a pay-per-view, I've, I've never, or I've never been to a, a major pay-per-view, like a SummerSlam. And I said, I don't care. I'm going to NXT. That's what I want to see. The best WWE show I've seen since we started going back to WWE shows here in New England was NXT in Lowell, Mass. in 2017. When we saw Adam Cole and Drew McIntyre and Eric Young and just all these, Kyrie Sane, uh, the Iconics. And, and a lot of these people are not even in WWE, WWE anymore. Aleister Black was huge and he's gone he's long gone he's they're in aew or they're in tna impact or whatever it is and now today november 4th uh just found out there's i was like i said i was out getting the shots and everything and they just released (laughs) they just released a whole bunch of guys they released an insane amount of and they're not all like, okay, Frankie Monet, Ember Moon, who was awesome, Jesse Kamea, Katrina Cortez, Jeet Rama, Oni Lorcan, Boston guy, Trey Baxter, Zeta Ramir, Scarlett, B-Fab, Grand Metalik, Lindsay Dorado, Karrion Cross, Harry Smith, Nia Jax, Eva Marie, Keith Lee, and uh, Maya Yim, all released due to budget cuts. There's not a lot of people that I know. There's some people in that list that I don't know because I haven't watched NXT that much. Because that's the other thing. Vince took it and rebranded it with like rainbow colors and it's very bright and it has a a look now and all different characters. I tried to watch it and I thought it sucked. I thought it absolutely sucked. Uh, It's not because of the talent. It's just this just feels like I'm watching Raw and SmackDown Jr. That's the thing. NXT felt like its own thing. You forgot that it was WWE almost. It just had its own look and feel. It really truly was what Vince McMahon could never do with Raw and SmackDown. He there was a separate brand and it was NXT. Now NXT just is WWE Junior. It's Raw Junior, SmackDown Junior. So now these guys have all been released, and you look at some of these names. Karrion Cross, who was hugely popular in NXT. Uh Keith Lee, hugely popular. These guys came to the main roster and were hugely popular. And Keith Lee, they gave him new music. They gave him a different name. They gave, they did everything they could to just make him look like a total goofus. Karrion Cross, they put a gladiator's helmet. He looked like Quang from 1994, back when they had the martial arts expert Quang, um, which is like the sound a garbage can lid makes when you throw it against a garbage can. Quang. Uh, that's what Karrion Cross looked like. And it was just crap. Vince McMahon took anything that Triple H would build up over two years that they would, and I'm, 
I'm not a huge fan of Triple H, like the person. He seems like a total dick. But uh, what he did with NXT was amazing. Uh, and they, they built up all these stars only to come to the main roster and with a few exceptions just be put in some crappy feud, give some crappy ring attire. So many of these guys that I mentioned, Adam Cole, uh, The Revival, uh, <laughs> I mean, Bray Wyatt, <laughs> Brian Danielson, these NXT guys all left. They're all in AEW or they're all on their way to AEW. They're all on their way someplace else. They release huge, these huge names who are gone. And, uh, yeah, wrestling fans are not too big in Vince. Uh, Keith Lee getting released as an indictment on Vince McMahon and no one else, says Northwest C on Twitter. Uh, nobody was hotter than Keith Lee after this when he was at the Surv- yeah his Survivor Series match a few years ago. Vince fumbled a major bag. Uh and a lot of people are unhappy because Jackson Riker, who is like a known sort of racist, uh, white supremacist sort of asshole, he's still there. Uh, yeah, they fired Keith Lee but kept Jackson Riker. Are you fucking kidding me? Fuck you, Vince. Um, it's like Vince is actively looking to erase any remnant of what NXT was from history. Uh, yeah, Triple H, Karrion Cross. Triple H built this guy up for a year just for Vince to end his career in two minutes. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, so in summation, Karrion Cross fired. Ember Moon fired. Scarlet fired. Keith Lee fired. Maya Yim fired. Frankie, Taya fired. Yeah, this might be the most bonehead list. And a lot of people point to Nick Khan, who's the president of WWE. Not to be confused with Tony Khan, who's the president of AEW. No relation. Nick Khan was like a big-time sports agent. He's as big a fan of wrestling as Vince McMahon is. He's a fan of money. That's what Vince is a fan of, is money. And if they can cut it, if they can save it, if they can make it, that's all that matters. Uh, Vince, WWE is the worst wrestling company in history, and that is a big fucking fact, not opinion. They released 18 employees, especially Keith Lee and Karrion Cross. I give zero fucks about Eva Marie. WWE continues making AEW and Tony Khan a lot stronger. Fuck Vince McMahon and fuck WWE. All right, calm down. Calm down. Uh, there was a quarterly call. Yeah, I mean, yeah. hell of an athlete, hell of a performer. Yeah, Vince worked closely with Keith Lee, too. That's surprising to me. Keith Lee is surprising. It seemed like... Seemed like they were working to, to to maybe try and get him to be something big, but no, they didn't. They just he's he's out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, bunch of releases. They keep releasing a lot of guys and girls, and they're mostly NXT people that uh, that Triple H was a big champion of in a lot of ways. So. But you know who will never be released? The Miz. We'll always have The Miz. And now that he's eliminated from Dancing with the Stars, I'm sure he'll be back very, very soon to entertain us all with his hijinks. I shit on The Miz because he's largely not entertaining to watch. Uh, but he's, you know, seems like a nice enough guy. He's he's a true, he's everything a WWE, you'd want in WWE. Just does what he's told. Uh, 
comes up with the cheese ball stuff, the you know, the kind of like sophomoric bullshit that Vince likes. Uh, you know, like dumb jock stuff. He'll be around forever. That's why he got to uh, the main event WrestleMania and CM Punk didn't. Should have known then. Back in 2011. I I don't know. I think because I had was like a a new father and about to become a father to another child and living in Florida and just purely miserable that I didn't I didn't have enough misery to be angry that the Miz and John Cena were in the main event of WrestleMania. When I think about it now it makes me sick, but anyways, I got to go, but that's a just a quick chat on some of these releases. It's it's ridiculous. Anybody who's been remotely interesting, they're just they're trying to they're trying to lose them. At least at least the New Day is in a good spot. At least Roman Reigns and New Day are entertaining. I can't think of much more outside of Roman Reigns and the New Day. Our truth, he's always entertaining, but you know, make him champion. Our truth liked one of my tweets once because I said I would love to see our truth hold the world title, even if it's for a day. He deserves it. That guy is so entertaining, such a hard worker. It'll never happen though. Anyway. Uh, It's a shame. We'll talk more about it later. See ya.